Welcome to the Confessions of a Reluctant Caregiver podcast. We're happy you're here. On the podcast, we're certain that you'll relate to the caregiver stories and find comfort with your honorary sisters. Now, before we start, I want to remind you to go to our website, confessionsofareluctantcaregiver.com, and sign up for our newsletter. It's full of useful information that you can immediately use. Now, let's learn more about today's guest. Hey, Jay. Why, hello, Natalie. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Just hanging out here on yeah. Zoom. Uh, you know what? It would be great to do a podcast today. Really? You think? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's you know what? do it. And and I have the perfect guest for us. Oh today. my god! I'm so glad somebody showed up. Um, Kathy is here oh, really? to uh, speak with us today about uh-huh. her caregiver experience. And oh my gosh, does she? have a story. She does. She does. You know, Kathy, I think you could tell us a little bit about her. Absolutely. Let's do it. uh, I want to start first of all and say this, this is very important. Kathy, Kathy and I have spoken just a little bit while you were out. uh, Mm -hmm. And I need for you to know that Kathy is the oldest of four children. What? And yeah, she says, and this is her absolute quote, which seems to come with an automatic caregiver role. And that's called the babysitter, Kathy. So as the oldest, I would say that you were a caregiver since like you were five, like just keeping people alive. So Kathy uh, and her husband have been married for 42 years. Um, They have a daughter and two adorable grandchildren. I love how that's put together there. Um, Your father, Kathy's father passed away in 98 and she helped her mom through downsizing. And we both uh, know how that works. Mm. Uh, They went from a larger house, her mom did, to a smaller townhouse, which she really likes. But eight years later, uh, Kathy's mom, they noticed that she was having some memory problems, getting lost, driving, forgetting to pay bills, um, things like that. And that is, I feel like, Kathy, when I read, that's kind of where the story began. You became a a long-distance caregiver because she was a distance off. You moved closer. You retired from your business. Uh, Then you wanted to move closer to your daughter. You're giving it all Hold on. And then her mom went into assisted living. And, and then you moved her in your house. So that's it. That's the, that's like everybody, that's your teaser. So Kathy, you know, like, Kathy, <laughs> welcome to the show. Yes. So Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. I just love your show. I'm honored to be a guest on We're so excited to have you. Another sister. Honestly, she is another sister. (laughs) So I met Kathy some time ago Mm -hmm. and we have stayed connected over the last six months. And whoo, gosh, Kathy, you have quite the story that I would love for you to kind of start from the kind of the beginning, like talk about a little bit about like you started in care. Like when you're right. younger, you're the oldest. So clearly you and JJ align. It's right. okay. I'm right. Right. Thank you, Kathy. Absolutely. But yeah. So what, so tell me a little bit about, about it, especially like the dynamics with your mom and your dad and your siblings, all that kind of stuff growing up. Um, it, that's, I think um, many people would relate. Like you tend to be drawn usually to more one parent more than the other. Mm-hmm. Um Honestly, I don't know how my father did it. He really, he was one of 11 children. My mom was one of 13. Wow. And um, they both grew up very poor. My father never even finished eighth grade. He had to go get a, you know, he they lived on a farm. So he yeah. did the whole milking cows and things like that to help with the family. Yeah. But for some reason, my dad had a way about him 
Um, and all four of us children um, literally argued uh, after his funeral that we all sincerely thought we were his favorite. And wow. how a man who never finished eighth grade made each child out of a busy life feel so special. And the problem with my mom was because my dad was the fun guy, she was the disciplinarian. Oh. She's the one that made sure we had clean clothes. The things you don't appreciate as a child. Right. Um, we didn't have a lot of money, uh, but we certainly weren't. I wouldn't classify us as, um, you know, uh, in the poor category. We were middle class, lower middle yeah. class, but we always had dinner on the table and clean clothes. It was a traditional growing up in the 50s, 60s, 70s. The mom stayed home. Um, my dad worked and mm -hmm. um, basically I resented my mom because I was always the one that had to help cook, help clean, help do laundry. Mm. And it was like my two brothers were in the middle. And then my sister came along almost 10 years younger. I was so happy to have a sister <laughs> uh, after that. It, literally she saved my life. In fact, my mom had, we didn't realize she suffered probably with all four of us uh, postpartum depression. And oh, after wow. my sister, it was, it was taking over her life. Um, wow. Nobody would treat it then. It yeah, was wow. a very hard thing. And I think to the end of her life, it contributed. I don't think she was ever treated. Yeah. So the sad part was um, at nine years old, nine and a half years old, my sister's crib was in my bedroom. And I'm the one that got up with her and fed her no and way. took care of her um, wow. because my mother was unable to. Yeah. And so um, that was a lot of responsibility that I didn't even question. It was just, I was literally so thrilled to have a sister. She was my baby doll, you Absolutely. know, and I it, kids, didn't, I, I it was that. not, it was not a hardship at the time. My mother did what she could. I mean, she made the bottles, she cooked the meals, but I kind of took over that, that role um, as caregiver to my yeah. sister. So we've always been very close. But it started at a young age. So mm -hmm. I, I apologize for interrupting. I'm like an interrupting no. cow over here. I'm like mooing all over the place. So do you think, so your mom leaned into the uh, tangible items, like I cooked, transactional. Yes. I cooked, I Where cleaned. Where she could control, she, yes. Right. Yes. And then you, it sounds like, provided the emotional support to the younger, yes. your younger si siblings, probably. And I know that yes. your dad was very emotionally connected. It sounds like your mom was a little bit more detached emotionally. Yes. And I think had she, you know, if they were allowed to talk more about things, she, I remember she told me one time she tried to bring it up to her, her doctor and he basically said, get over it. You got four beautiful, healthy children. What wow. are you complaining about? So I do think that that can contribute to dementia and other um, emotional problems yeah. later in life. I, I truly well, do. And I think it's, it's women. never, yeah, it's go ahead. It yeah, is it's traumatic. a traumatic experience. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And I, I'm sure she felt guilty that I had to do so much mm. when she felt it was her responsibility. Well, and not having the capacity. And, you know, if you right. think about it, we're not even here to talk about postpartum, but I mean, right. if you think about right. how postpartum was not treated for so long. Exactly. And and we know, and I'm sure there's a lot of listeners who may know someone who, who understands who's had postpartum and the people who say, I'm like, I can't get out of bed. I can't. Right. And so it may, doesn't that all, Ooh, that's all like the, that all kind of makes more sense if you really kind of think about it. And as a nine and a yeah. half year old, you don't understand postpartum. You just think, no, no. 
Yeah. I and don't. I mean, I still had school and homework. I was in fifth grade. It wasn't like I was an adult. Yeah. Um, it was, it was, but I, I never resented it. It's funny. Yeah. I, I, I just never did. I, it was just part of, I kind of enjoyed it. Well, yeah. I like how you said she was a baby doll. My mom kind of had, uh, yeah. my aunts had that relationship with my mom because she was later in life. So she was like a toy. So yeah, that is true. She was, just, she was a June. gift. Aunt June, uh, Jane's twin, our favorite Jane, and not that we don't all have favorites. You're all our favorites. Um, <laughs> but June was, you know, leaned into mom like she was her, you know, it was little doll. Yeah. Little doll. So, so you grew up, you, so, so you're aging, you get older, you leave the house, you're going to college. You, I know that you had met your husband and all that kind of jazz and then kind of forward up to the, sure. when you started to be like, okay, cause this is like, this is when kind of the caregiving journey and your caregiving journey with your mom spans. I think we talked about it almost 17 years, right? Yeah. A little over actually, because we wow. did things, as you mentioned, the whole downsizing thing, right. he passed in 1998 and my mom was in the original old Cape Cod in Buffalo, leaky roof, you know, mm-hmm. the rattly oh, wow. windows, um, four bedroom home, um, that, you know, we had all grown up in and it didn't even have a garage. And I remember her literally climbing out of the second story window onto, um, what was the family room to shovel snow off because it would melt against the house and leak into the family room. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. After my dad died, my mom was getting it. And finally, uh, one time, I think she probably almost rolled off because I was mom, we've got to get you out of this house. Oh no, I know where every, you know. But um, that experience, she literally called me and said, I think you're right. <laughs> I think I wow. need to move. So my husband and I found, the, found a, it was not even finished, the construction, a beautiful townhouse for mm-hmm. her. And she got to pick out the floors and the cab, everything. Wow. It was wonderful. Was the decision, let me ask you this, because I want to ask yes. about sibling dynamics, because there's three of us and we make group decisions uh, with yes. our mom and JJ's always the oldest. So. As you guys are going, are you staying in that traditional oldest role and you're having the most communication? Did you and your siblings talk about like, hey, we're worried about mom. We think she needs to go somewhere else. Or do they just naturally like Emily and I just line up with Jay typically? (laughs) We're like, that sounds great, Jay. Um, Um, No, that's a very good question. Um, I was the closest one. My mom was in Buffalo. I was in Erie, Pennsylvania. So about 100 miles away. My sister was in Virginia. My brother was in Delaware and my other brother has been in Naples, Florida since he got out of college. Right. So, um, the younger, the younger of the two brothers was the, also the closest to my mom besides me. Um, and he is the one that was in Delaware and he did not want my mom to move. He had the entire, her entire basement filled with all of his, I mean, from kids, GI Joes, all, all, wow. all sporting equipment. He, he used my mom and he had all of his friends still in Buffalo. So he came frequently mm-hmm. and used my mom as his, you know, launch pad or landing yeah. pad. And he had all of, I mean, kayaks, bikes, everything was there. He did not want her to move Absolutely. because it was inconvenient for yeah. him. She was storage. That is fantastic. Well, it is free because yeah. you know, storage is expensive. Yeah. Um. So, so, so basically I, I overran him as the oldest and we found okay. this townhouse. He really couldn't say anything because it was perfect for her. It was absolutely perfect. It was brand new. 
it had a warranty um, and it was, it was a ranch. It had a one car garage Fantastic. and it just had one other person who was also a widow. Her husband happened to have been my science teacher in high school, but she was now a widow. Small so it was world. a duplex style, the two yeah. garages in the middle and two mm-hmm. brick townhouses ranch. It was perfect on a cul-de-sac, all widows. <laughs> it was yeah. just worked out. They were all widows a block from the senior center. He could not, and a full basement. So all he did was literally transfer all of his stuff oh over, gosh. and then he was happy. Oh my but my other sister and brother fully supported it because, of course, um, it it made everything much easier for her. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So it was a great move. And we got rid of everything. Oh. I mean, she had 45 years worth of junk in that house. Yeah. yeah. And we moved her into a new house, and we got her new furniture. I mean, we did move her bed, but you know, her bedroom furniture, but it was like, she was thrilled. It was, everything was new, bright, easy, you know, how they make for seniors, easy to care for. So she was very happy with the move. I know some people object, but she, she was very willing and happy to move. Awesome. So she's there. Um, You guys didn't notice her symptoms for almost eight years, but I know you're closer. So are you, does she have any needs during those eight years between the time your dad passed and when you really started noticing the dementia? Yeah. Well, it actually worked out um, really well because um, we moved her the year after my dad passed and she was able, there was um, a friend of my brother's, he and his wife lived in the neighborhood close to my mom and her friend was a school teacher who needed a caregiver in the morning to get a newborn baby um, watched and her six-year-old son off on the school bus. So my mom went, drove there every morning. It was just a couple blocks away. And I think she was fine until they no longer needed her. And that's when we started noticing. See, after she didn't have that responsibility, that getting up, taking care of this child every morning, um, and I think she was there till probably noon or one o'clock or something like that, um, until the baby was now in, in school and then, um, uh, whatever arrangements. So for about seven or eight years, she had this wonderful job that gave her cash under the table, a place to go. Yeah. Um, they gave her a leftover food, you know, it, it was, and I think that kept her, she may have had little incidents you know you had as you're in your 70s you get memory issues right but she still did her own shopping her laundry her house was in nice order Mm -hmm. and my husband and I would we're going up every month anyway he cut her lawn and we took care of that did the things like so you guys are purpose yeah 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 I kept an eye on her oh absolutely and called her off right yeah right so it's 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 funny because you're like that sounds similar to us like you're checking in and you're making sure so you don't feel like a caregiver at that point this is why caregivers don't identify as caregivers because that's right we're just like, oh, we're just doing what we normally would do as children or daughters, adult children. And we're checking in on mom, making sure. So then you get to this point where you're like, mm, I'm going to have to step in again because you stepped in once with, we're going to sell the house. Like, right. and, she, and then she was like, I'm on. And she saw the, the, the positive of that. And then you had to step in again. So then yes. what happened? Um, I started going every month and then twice a month um we would go up for the weekend mm-hmm. and um i i did the things that were getting more difficult just because of her age you know we we would um 
like do the, you know, clean carpets and, and do like more heavy duty wash windows, um, change out her storm door, you know, to the screen door, things that she would probably have attempted, but to make it easier. And I was keeping an eye on her checking account just to mm. make sure. Um, and, and keeping an eye out, um, she, at that point in 2005, um, we didn't have any, my dad had died of a heart attack. So sudden, unexpected, no plans it threw us all. I didn't even go into that, but all four of us had our own opinions, the kids, and that was not a good situation. So in 2005, I talked to my sister who was in Virginia and I said, I think we need to get mom, you know, some pre-planning arrangements. Mm. I think, um, you know, what happened with dad and, and uh, we, I told my brothers and they kind of just said, yeah, if you can do that, you probably should. And I mean, it was hard. I'd say to my mom, like, mom, you know how hard it was when dad passed. We didn't know what he wanted. We ended up burying him by his parents because we didn't have any other arrangements. Mm -hmm. I said, um, and their marriage hadn't been great. I said, do you have any preference? Like, do you want to be buried or crazy? She said, oh, I don't care. Whatever you kids want. Whatever the kids want. So literally to make it easy, I just said, so mom, is it okay if we put you by dad? And she said, oh yeah. And I thought, oh, poor dad, but here we go. I mean, I just- (laughs) That's that's how we feel about our dad too. (laughs) So anyway, I did get her to a woman elder care attorney. She was very kind. I had pre-explained that my mom was needed. We needed something. There's four children. She had a paid for home. Um, but it was basically getting my dad's social security and that was what she was living on, but yeah. we wanted things. And she was very good about that. She um, made me the power of attorney. I think we made my sister executrix so that I didn't have it all on me. And I was also her medical right. directive. So she was all, my mother was always cooperative. If we just gave her a heads up and said, is this okay? Yeah. You know, just kind of pre-approval, pre-approval. And then she was fine because I, I tried to let her know that this was up to her, right. but it would make it easier for us. Yeah. And, and saying it that way to her got quite a bit of agreement. It would go a long way. Um, yeah. So that's like how we handled it. Mm-hmm. Just going ahead and addressing it, which is so hard for all of us. That's yes. something you guys got a, a grasp on. And that's, that's hard for all of us. It's very difficult. So and, during, uh, you know, not every mother is willing to say, like, if it's easier for us, there, a lot of them would just say, I don't care. I won't be here, you yeah. know, but I, when I put it that way, it was, all I wanted from her was okay. And I got yeah. that every time so, <laughs> I learned so, how to ask. So during that time, I'm just, uh, we're going to get into the nitty gritty here. Um, you've got a spouse, you've yeah, got right. a, uh, a, a child, a daughter. Um, My daughter was where, married where by are, this time. Yeah. And you, at yeah. some point have got, you know, grandbabies I coming. I think she has a career yeah. too. Yeah. She also has a career. Yeah. So where yeah. are we with you and what are you doing? Because we've talked about your your mom. We know, you know, we're sure. moving through these phases. What's going on with you, Kathy? Uh, in the 2000s, happen? I was still a realtor in mm-hmm. working in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. I loved my career. I not only, I mean, my husband and I had in, in our marriage have built nine new homes. So real estate has always been on our radar. Yeah. And uh, I gave up a medical career because of uh, after 20 some years, it is a burnout job. Yeah, I'll just right. end it with that. And I loved the real estate. We did investment properties. We did flips. We did. Oh my God. I had so much fun with it. Um, I worked in new, with new con- um, construction 
And I had a very loyal, very wonderful client base. Um, So it it was a lot of fun. Um, It was new adventures all the time. That's when the market was before 2008, before the crash. And so it was very easy for me to take weekends off, one or Mm. two weekends a month. You just, as long as you stay in you know, and, and stay in touch with your customers and explain the situation, I've got to go take care of my mom. They were all wonderful about it. Um, if I needed an open house, my friend would, you know, we worked it all out. So I had the best of both worlds. It was literally no problem for me to drive a hundred miles, a couple weekends a month, looking at mom, buy her groceries, make sure her house was in order, take her out, get her shopping, get her, right. you know, um, and so it was not a, that was, um, I feel sorry because people don't have it set up ideal like I did. My daughter was married. Um, she got married in 2005. And so I had, my husband would come with me. So after he'd cut the lawn, my mom would take us to Tim Hortons and buy him a coffee or a donut. You know, we kept it fun and she enjoyed the company. She was, you know, basically alone and she enjoyed the company. So mm-hmm. it was, a those few years were good. Um, but I did start worrying. I noticed she wasn't doing her laundry. She would put it in buckets to soak, but with no soap. Mm. There was odors. There was things that um, I was helping her wash her hair every week. And I think that was the only time it was probably because of getting arthritis and things. It was difficult. So, so you notice the hygiene, you notice the less getting done around the house, the crumbs on the floor, the fingerprints on the microwave, things that were not there before. Hey ladies, I need to interrupt for just a second to share about the Sisterhood membership. It's basically a sale every day. And the best part, it's free. Here's the details. We're partnering with our friends at Benefit Hub and other care partners to save you money. With over 200,000 participating companies across the U.S. and abroad, you'll find discounts at your favorite local stores, huge savings on vacations, amazing deals on home, auto, and supplemental insurances, and everything in between. Go to confessionsofareluctantcaregiver.com to sign up and then definitely tell your friends about it. They can join too. Trust me, there's a discount for everyone. And don't forget, it's free. Okay, back to confessing. So when did you guys make the move? We moved to um, to close to my mom in 2010. By that time, I was needing to be there almost full time. And that I had to retire from my real estate business because there was no way I was going to go to New York, take all the classes. It was another state. Um, Try to build a new business while being basically almost, I was not a full-time caregiver. What worked out is we moved to a town near my mother. So I just went every day because I wanted her to be in her own home as long as she could, because she still could sweep the floors and vacuum. She needed to be busy. Mm. Otherwise she would have probably just sat there all day long. Yeah. You know, I think, and it's interesting, Kathy, our grandmother worked in that. My grandparents owned a hardware for 50 years and 
she worked up until I think Jay, it was six months before she passed. And she always said that the, the activities, it was the acts of working because she passed the cancer and um, that those activities is what helped her kept her alive. Cause she was like, well, if I retired, what would I do? Yeah. Right. And my dad was gone. Right. That's right. And you know, with four children, a husband, all of her life had been devoted to basically giving and taking care of other people. And even when she was fortunate to take care of this child, uh, the little, the, you know, the babysitting job, once that was taken from her, it was like, she was lost. Everything Mm. she had ever known and done her whole life, there was nothing left to, you know, to to do that. And I I believe that's when the more, much more rapid decline. So something something happens in your life though. So you've moved closer and we know that, but then you have this desire, I think, because your daughter and grandchild, her husband, they're in Virginia. So right. So what what's going on there? Because well, actually, at, some point, at that time like, they were they, at that time they were living. Um, they were teaching in D.C. at okay. Catholic University. They're both they both got their PhDs at Catholic University. They were both teachers, um, mm-hmm. college professors. And so they were um, teaching there, living in Silver Spring, the Beltway, the commute, um, mm-hmm. closer to my sister in Fairfax. So we would mm-hmm. visit. But there was no way, you know, we we would visit, but it wasn't. Uh, but then they hated that lifestyle. And my son-in-law got the job in Roanoke, Virginia, mm-hmm. and my daughter. And about a year after they moved, I got the call. Here they married 10 years, mind you. Wow. You're going to be a grandma. And I literally hung up the phone and called my husband and said, we're moving. And oh, no explanation, no, <laughs> no, anything, no logistics. Like, what are we going to do with mom? You know, you've got a job. None Forget of that. it. I don't it even care like, if you're coming to your husband. <laughs> I've been waiting 10 years for a grandbaby. I am Absolutely. not missing out on, on this. Um, yeah, that's another oh, story for so another time. So, but, but we did move and we did moved. bring mom down. But I well, love, yeah, okay. but I love it because you said, okay, I'm a caregiver. I've given up my career. I've done all this, but hold on. This is, I'm this. still, I got to have my life. And I, I love that about this This is in 2015 story. when right, this yeah. happened. So right, for right. five years, we were, ta- we were just rolling along. I'm going every day, taking care of yeah. mom more and more, doing her laundry, cooking her meals, right, everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, but in her home. Yeah. So you say, okay, so I just want to pause for a sec. So sure. your daughter says you're going to be a grandma. You're like on it. Don't care if anybody's coming with me, but you can. <laughs> um, but when you talk to your siblings about this, we're moving to Roanoke. Mom right. is currently here. Is anyone going to come here or <laughs> are you going to bring her to you or... Are you at this point pushed again because they're looking at you saying, take her with you? Very insightful. The same (laughs) brother who now loves the new house is like, (laughs) you can't take her. Okay. I said, why not? She'll be fine here. Julie, his friend, the nurse, wife of his friend, the attorney, is a nurse. Oh, she can look in on mom, check in on her. This is, she's the mother of four girls in college, they're in college. She is an uh, operating nurse, room nurse at Children's Hospital full-time mm-hmm. in Buffalo mm-hmm. and teaches yoga classes. But yeah, she's going to come That's every time. day and take care of my mom, you know, mm-hmm. because again, my brother is just like my mom. And it's funny because she did never like change. And she's the one going along with all of this. She didn't want to be left behind. No. She wanted to come 
with with a grandbaby. Oh my, I'm there. You know, she something no to trouble. do. I think I was, was with her every yeah. day. I took yeah. care of her. We were best friends by now. Okay, yeah. the, the the mother I never had became my child. Yeah, and that's anyway, important to know. But my brother, my brother would not did not want to get on board. We had to sign because all four of us owned the home jointly after we made this. Ooh. You know, I set it all up so all four would be treated equally. Yeah. Even though I was doing all the caregiving, my husband and I were spending all of our money driving up and down, doing all the work, buying her groceries. I took care of everything. We never asked for a penny from anybody. We never were the ones that got her the town home. So she went from an $80,000 home, which we had sold it for. When we sold her town home and being a realtor, I sold it myself. For $180,000, there was quite a nice profit there because there was yeah. no mortgage. Right. right. And I had made that when we went to the attorney in trust for all four children. It was not, I wasn't getting a penny more than anybody else. Yeah. And my, so my brother, we needed all four signatures and he wouldn't sign. Do you regret doing that? No, I don't. Four signatures. And I'll tell you, um, oh, yes. At the time, I thought I was being fair. Okay. And uh, my sister was the one who, to her credit, said, Kathy, I think that's unfair to you and Mark. You guys are doing all the, my husband, yeah, um, doing all the work. And I said, what I don't want is if something suddenly happens to mom, like it did to dad, I don't want, I don't want fighting. I don't want, I'm not going to be carrying receipts with me of what I spent versus what you, it was not worth it to me to, to, it wasn't about the money. I volunteered to do this. Nobody else could. They were all living out of town. Nobody else said, I'll give up my job so that I can go take care of my, it was a voluntary thing. I, I volunteered for it. I didn't think that that made me any better than anybody else. They couldn't, they were not in a position to, they had family, children, whatever they couldn't. So it just seemed like the right thing to do at the time. Mm -hmm. So eventually my mom told my brother, she said, well, I want to go with her. And so he did eventually agree. Um, especially when <laughs> I sold it myself, there was no realtor involved. He saw the money he was going to get. I hate to say it, but he was more concerned that he, you know. But that's the, that's um, the reality. But the thing that we had set up is all four children, all the money went into a trust for my mother's care until she passed. So it was going to go to all of us eventually. But see, had I not had the realtor, or I'm sorry, the attorney involved in 2005, while she was still of sound, sound enough mind, right? None of this, it could have been I coerced her. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's really smart. So you really need to stress that that you not must have legal or financial advice. You can't, you can't do it alone, especially when there's more than one child involved. Wow. That's really, you know important. what, that's really, that's really safe really advice. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So I want to, I want to push forward um, because there's still so much good juiciness. And so you move down to Virginia and yes. mom and toe minus no. the kayaks. No, I, uh, uh, important part was when we were moving to Virginia, my brother also named Mark who was in Florida, never said a word, 
says, mom can come and live with me while you get settled. Because we didn't even have a home. Literally, we had sold our home. Right. And it was like within a three-month period, my daughter calls in December and we, uh, or whatever, the baby's born in December and we right. were moving down in February in the middle of winter in a blizzard. And I didn't have a home yet. I had flown down a couple of times, worked with a realtor. So my brother says, well, it's winter. She can come down to Naples, Florida and stay with me. Okay. Yeah. Well, that worked out for about two weeks. And because of my mom being in a strange place, she was moving pictures. She didn't know oh, where yeah. she was. My brother's wife, uh, it was his second wife, and they had only been married less than a year. Right. The third wife, maybe, whatever. Um, and she said, I can't, I can't have your mom here. She, I come home, everything is different. She hides all my kids' pictures, you know. And so my brother took her and stuck her in a home, in a nursing home in Florida. Didn't ask anybody, just put her in. Um, wow. we later found out he also took all of her money. So I'm not even going to get into that. Um, so anyway, that was what the situation. So we, my husband and I moved to Virginia. My mother is in Florida. So my sister and I are trying to go visit her several times a year to check on her. I'm a basket case. Cause I knew my brother wasn't, he's an alcoholic and I knew he wasn't checking in on her mm. and, um, my dynamics. Yes. So the brother that was against all of the moves went down, literally kidnapped my mother, flew her up on a plane, never told my brother and brought her to my house on my doorstep. Oh, my God. Wow. Kayak yeah. brother. Hoarder brother. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, Kathy. <laughs> OK, so he he brings her. Did he tell you he was going to basically kidnap? When he was on the plane, he goes, I got mom. <laughs> I oh had to gosh, sneak her out. Holy crap. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, We're coming to Virginia. Yeah, this is I like had no clue. mama from the train, but I'm bringing mama on the plane. I have on got like chills on me because I'm thinking if somebody. This is if the somebody give me all the trouble all these years, and now he's decided, oh, I was doing a good job. Yeah. yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Because I only have, I'm, I'm looking, I'm like, okay, let's, okay, okay. so mom comes. Now, does mom move in with you? Because I know yes. that your mom, so she moves in with you at this time. Just and for a short time, because she was, I had her evaluated and she won. We took, my sister came, we visited like three assisted care facilities and we found one that catered to seniors that had, she wasn't in a, it wasn't a lockdown. It was just assisted care, but they had all kinds of like games and puzzles and activities, right. exercises. And because um, I was full-time babysitting a, a three-month-old newborn, um, we we said, well, we'll try it. So for a, a, a couple of years, my mom, I would still, I it was great. I would take pack the stroller, my grandson, pick up mom. We'd go to the mall and she'd push, the, you know, for, for stability, she would push the stroller and we would mall walk. This was before COVID. Mm-hmm. So keeping her active, visited her every day, brought her home, gave her lunch. So she was with us every day, but wow. she didn't live with me yeah. for about two and a half years until okay. things got bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you decided to bring her home. I did. I had to. Yeah. She had fallen several times and had broken ribs and broken back. Yeah. And she was being, the, she couldn't, they couldn't give her the care she needed. Yeah. So how old was she at that point? 90. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, um, so you brought your mom home and, and I think this is important because we've talked about this. 
Um, personally, Kathy and I have talked about this at Starbucks. Thank you, Starbucks on Hershberger. You can sponsor us. Um, but we've talked about this, about your relationship with your mom originally, like it wasn't there. It was not close. It was not until you started becoming a caregiver for her and that your mom was not exactly the kindest person. And what stood out to me is that especially I think when you brought her into your home, but throughout the entire time, you mentioned that she was very kind to you. Yes. And so never a crossword, everything was thank you. And I don't think a lot of, and and we talked about this, like we most, a lot of caregivers don't get thank yous. No, not at all. And so I don't know. So you, so you, I think that's important. And, you know, how did that, how did your relationship change during this time, even up until your mom passed? Like, how did that relationship change? Well, full disclosure, as I shared with you, Natalie, um, way back, probably when I was either in college or high school, my dad had said to me at one time, I'm the oldest, but he said to me, if anything happens to me, please take care of your mother. And of course, my father was my hero. Oh, sure. No problem. You know, it was it was it was a promise given in a spur of the moment. Yep. Of course, I will. No thought you're in college, you know, but it came back to haunt me because when I saw my mom struggling, it was easy for me to go visit, go for a couple days, but go back home. That's right. And kind of forget. Yeah. And it was it weighed on me. And um. I started stepping it up. And I, to be honest, it was out of a sense of duty, not because I had any great love or compassion for my mother. It was sort of like, well, I said I was going to do it. Nobody else can do it. It's now, what am I going to do? You know, and, and as I shared with you, Natalie, it was okay, God, I need you. I am not a caregiver. I, it's not in me. I've never been one. I don't like it. I don't even cook. Okay. I mean, this was not me. You said your daughter was potty trained by nine. Oh, I, yeah, by nine months old because I hated diapers. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and the funny thing is, I ne- it never became difficult. God just somehow smooth, he he knew me, and um, he also knew because I had wanted seven kids. I saw Sound of Music when I was young, and oh, I want yeah. And he gave me one. Okay, yeah. so God knows he knows me, and he knew this wasn't my role. Somehow, this relationship that I never had, this resentment I had for my mom, that I was always having to do yeah. all these things, and my friends are playing, and I'm like doing laundry, things like that. It never bubbled up. It never, and my mother, I remember coming, running to her house when we were living near her at the time. I had been gardening. I, my hair, I had no makeup on. My hair was in a ponytail. I'll get to her house. I look in the mirror, I have like mud. <laughs> she, and she had said to me when I got there, oh, you look so nice. And I'm like, that was, she had turned into this sweet, grateful woman who any attention I gave her, she was so happy with. And talk about guilt. I mean, but in the end, all I can say is it really, God just blessed it. He blessed our relationship. She became like, we had a relationship for the first time in our entire lives. It was a role reversal, but he had geared me for that. I was yeah. ready. I was the caregiver now. Yeah. 
And she never, I mean, even at the end when she needed full, you know, we had hospice help, but I literally had to change. She couldn't get out of bed. So I was doing everything, full hygiene, everything. She was never, she always tried to help. She tried to be cooperative. She would apologize. I said, mom, it's fine. And it was, it was, I couldn't have done this on my own. This was, this was a gift from God because this was not me. And yet I never lost patience with her. I was never upset. It was, it was a miracle. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. And so he took my cold, ungrateful heart and he, he turned it around. I mean, I did it out of a sense of duty and he turned it around and blessed us both. And that's all I can say. I could not have done it. I could not have done it on my own. There's no way. You know, Kathy, that is, I think that's so important. I know I see JJ's got (laughs) some tears. She's about to be a snot sandwich, Kathy. Sorry. Um, It hits hits home, Kathy. So the whole topic of guilt and obligation, that's hard. And it's harder when I think you're the the oldest as well. And, um, but that feeling of obligation that I just want to make sure, but I also, I always want to make sure that I please my dad. That's a big thing. Yes. And I don't, I don't know. I I like to think it was, I'm watching a a newborn baby. I have my mother. He was getting (laughs) older. I had a wheelchair in a house that wasn't really designed for it. Oh yeah. I mean, getting her into the bathroom, there was a lot. And I never, I don't know how it happened because this is not me. I was never a nurse. I was never (laughs) a cook. I mean, I'm a realtor. I I like showing houses, getting dressed, you know, wearing heels. I mean, this was, this was not me. It's not your bucket list. (laughs) It It did. It worked. It did. So you have like this amazing, sweet spirit that I see now. And I know that your mom passed last year. So tell me like, because I'm learning from you now, I'm like listening to you and I'm like, oh Lord, I need to get where Kathy is, but tell me where you are now. Like I I hear all the lessons. I hear the peace and everything that that happened, but where are you now after this? Um, My mother passed a year ago in April. Um, At our home, um, it was, you know, it was peaceful. I knew the last week, I, I knew because, you know, you there's physical signs that this yeah. is the end. Yeah. Um, and I, I did everything they tell you to do. I still talked to her. I said, Mom, it's fine. You know, you're fine. I, you, you know, I love you. Um, it, 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 it was nice. The very last thing she passed on Good Friday, the very last thing she had said to me was on the Monday before and she looked at me and I know she recognized me she didn't was almost nonverbal then and she just kind of tried to touch my cheek and she said such a nice girl that's the last thing my mother said to me and um and that week it was very hard and now a year back all I can say is all the work all the struggles they, I don't remember them. I just miss my mother every oh, day. I'm going to cry. <laughs> like, oh my <laughs> God, because you're right. It's 17 years a caregiver. Yeah. And I just never asked for any, but never wanted any of it. <laughs> yeah. Nobody but, plans again, for it. <laughs> as the oldest volunteering again, you know? Yeah. Don't you know, 
volunteer. Ladies, don't volunteer for anything. It gets you in all kinds of trouble. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this is like, gosh, Jay, Kathy is such a blessing. I know. Like, what a blessing. I'm just kind of like, oh. You get this... these people in the morning and they get me all upset. I'm going to have to go do my makeup you're, again. I mean, you're going to have to do makeup again. So so here's the thing. JJ said, you know, you do that. How's your relationship with your siblings? After my after sis- your mother has passed. How's I will tell you, my sister um, has paid me back 20, 100 fold for the care I gave her as when she was young. She would come at least every two or three months from, she has a full-time, she works with the government. She's an independent um, consultant, but she has huge, you know, the Department of Defense and the NIH, these are her clients. She would come at least one weekend every two to three months, bring me a spa pass day, send me out, (laughs) have meals delivered. If my husband wanted to do something with me or on his own, and she sat with my mom and she took care of her. And she is less than a caregiver than I am. Never had children. Oh, as, I, as can, I, can, I can relate to that. As an executive, yes, yeah. a high-end executive. And she came faithfully. And she took over all the, the expenses of the little bit of money. My mom still got her social security. She managed everything. Yeah. Um, took care of all the pre-arrangements when we knew things were coming she did all the legal work all of the financial work the banking the um paying the medicare everything and came and supported me now my brother um the younger one he came uh probably every six months he would stay he would he would take her to my mother to the bathroom he did what he could Right. Um, and he also would call and say, is there anything you could, I can do to help? So he has three children. He was in a little different situation, but right. he would come and be supportive or he would call. My brother in Florida came one time, sorry, That's okay. while my mother was in assisted care here. And then after that, we never saw him. And the week that my mother passed, um, I told, I was in tears. I called my sister. I said, mom's going to, doesn't have long please call mark please tell him he's more than i hold no hard feelings he can come he can sit with mom he can visit her right she's not going to last much longer we never heard from him he never called he never showed up and after my mom passed my brother let him know and we never heard from him i've still not heard from him you know and i think everybody he took the money and that was it we well i don't know if it's guilt or what exactly and and so everybody will have their own thing. And so I think, you know, I know as we're kind of wrapping up now, um, because we got to do sister questions, but I think, I think the focus and and what I hear from you is you took your journey and you took it and you found the silver lining. And exactly. And I think that's the important thing. And there's some, some little nuggets of wisdom that you have shared the whole way through, but JJ, it is time for sister questions. And I want to push over because I want to make sure we don't run out of time. Yes. So JJ, what is your question? Because I always, always know mine. Ooh, she always gets the last one. <laughs> if you could, if there was one thing that you could say to your mom, what would Ooh. it be? I think I would say that mom, you taught me more than you will ever know. Because she always felt like she had no confidence and she 
didn't know. She didn't do anything well, but I wanted her to know that she did. She did um, you, Kathy. So she did very well. Sounds like to me, well. like she, she did good. She did. She, she did, did good. good. Yeah. Kathy, now here's a lighthearted question because yeah. always, we always, always end. Like, we always end it this way. What is your favorite guilty pleasure? Oh gosh, that is a really good one. I, I, I have to um, blame my sister for this one. It is a spa weekend with my sister with a lot of wine involved. Yeah. That Chocolate sounds like, that yeah. sounds like a perfect weekend to me, Natalie. You can't, you can't do this all in a day. This is a full blown weekend excursion and what's where, wherever spa we're at stays there, you know, it's the rule and uh, we have a ball. And I thank her for her support and she thanks me and we have a wonderful relationship. So, you know, that is, that is, that is so important. And I'm assuming that you and your siblings, I mean, you you and your sister especially are still hanging out and living your best lives. I was with her two weeks ago at a a weekend. We do sister weekends regularly. Oh, Jay, don't you love, you know, here's the thing, Kathy, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. We are, uh, Someone is turning 5-0 in August, August 5th. And so I have no clue what kind of big parte we are going to have. And it is just around the corner. But um, I totally Adele, if you would like to send tickets, Adele. JJ wants to go to Adele, Kathy, and she's lost her mind. I love Adele. Yeah, so do I. I $1,300, $1,500 tickets. Adele, girl. She's worth it. These caregivers got to have some money. I don't need to go with anybody else if she just give me the money, Natalie. I mean, just pay for my ticket. I don't need to go with you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You know what? It. If you could just FaceTime us in, that would be great. Emily and I would be like, oh, sure, Jay, we're right there with you. Literally on FaceTime. <laughs> yeah. Kathy, I am so sorry you had to experience sorry, that, Kathy. but we are so happy you came to be with us today. We are blessed Thank that you. you came today, Kathy. Oh, uh, Thank you. It's been a pleasure. You girls oh. are wonderful. Thank you for doing this, for spreading the word. And oh. for helping all of those unpaid, unsupported caregivers out there. Oh, Thank you. I love that. They, Kathy's just so wonderful. And so kind of as we're wrapping up, we'll make sure that you've got all, everybody has in the show notes, Kathy's contact information, because you definitely want to follow her on social media. She does some really cool things around um, downsizing by design. Um, and I love that because Kathy's uh, experience as a realtor, and then she's been helping me because Lord knows I've got too much stuff. So you definitely want to follow her on social media. Absolutely. And so, and Kathy, thanks so much. And everybody, thanks so much for listening in. We appreciate you more than you know. And until next Tuesday, when we confess again, have a great day. Bye. Bye. Well, friends, that's a wrap on this week's confession. Again, thank you so much for listening. But before you go, please take a moment to leave us a review and tell your friends about the confessions podcast. Don't forget to visit our website to sign up for our newsletter. You'll also find the video recording of all of our episodes on the Confessions website and our YouTube channel. Don't worry, all the details are included in the show notes below. We'll see you next Tuesday when we come together to confess again. Till then, take care of you.
Okay, let's talk disclaimers. You may be surprised to find out, but we are not medical professionals and are not providing any medical advice. If you have any medical questions, we recommend that you talk with a medical professional of your choice. As always, my sisters and I at Confessions of a Reluctant Caregiver have taken care in selecting the speakers, but the opinions of our speakers are theirs alone. The views and opinions stated in this podcast are solely those of the contributors and not necessarily those of our distributors or hosting company. This podcast is copyrighted and no part can be reproduced without the expressed written consent of the Sisterhood of Care, LLC.